You're listening to the Hearts Unleashed podcast, where we firmly believe that love is the answer and we are spreading it like wildfire. You're invited to come spend time with us in authentic connection, growth, reflection, and celebration. Life coach, author, and speaker, Abigail Gazda, will be sharing amazing humans living their hearts unleashed to inspire you to do the same. You will hear from men, women, and young people from all industries sharing their insights and inspiration as they have paved their way to their fullest lives. Here at the Hearts Unleashed podcast, we are turning dreamers into doers. So if you are ready to open your heart and take inspired action on your dreams, you are in the perfect place with wonderful people. Greetings, Angel Marie Monticelli with the Shine On Movement. So thrilled and honored that I was a guest on the Hearts Unleashed podcast with Abigail. My experience was phenomenal. I felt really in a safe place. The way that you bring in the audience, I could feel the energy. It was just brilliant how I felt at ease and was able to tell my story with such passion because I felt so much gratitude and that was from you and I really appreciate it. Also, your group, your Facebook group, Growing Gratitude, really helped me before it and really spawned this whole thing because and how how you're just so authentic in it and how you write. I love the way you write. And it really helped me to be able to step into my true story. So thank you for partnering with the Shine On movement. Shine on, shine on, shine on. All right, you guys, welcome to the Hearts Unleashed podcast where we are turning dreamers into doers. I have to laugh right now with you and with John because we were just jumping on a call, getting acquainted, getting related, and he was all ready sharing his brilliance. And I had to say, John, stop right there. I must hit record before you say anymore. So we're bringing John Canada back on. We had an amazing conversation. It actually ended up being the longest Hearts Unleashed podcast episode I've recorded thus far because we were just diving in at one topic after another, after another. And it's happening all over again. So I said, okay, we've got to have a part two because we didn't even make it through like half the content that we wanted to in the last episode. So of course he is right back on here and we have a whole nother skill set and conversation to have. So John, thank you so much. Why don't you, because I can ramble, I would love for you to introduce yourself and what you're up to because we will direct them back to the last episode, but I'd love them to begin to meet just one more version of John today. Okay. Well, the last one was episode 25. So thank you. Thanks for looking it up. Stepping outside your story was the last one, but my name's John Canada, and I live here in Phoenix, Arizona, actually the suburb of Phoenix called Tempe. If you're not from Phoenix, you have no idea what that means, Um, but I'm a father, a grandfather. I'm a transformational life coach um, and an entrepreneur. I'm also 31 years clean and sober. I haven't taken a drink or a drug since the day I put it all down and God knocked me out of a chair, knocked me unconscious and said, you come with me. And if you've ever had that experience, you know exactly what I'm talking about, like knock me out. Anyway, so that's who I am. And I'm just excited about life. And, you know, I, we met through social media and I said, you know, I love that lady, like whatever you're saying and vibrate. And I was like, you know, I'm like, I got to get a hold of her and say, you know, the universe is like, you need to call her. So I did. Anyway, and here we are. Thank you. And, you know, I love that. Like, thanks for the acknowledgement because that's exactly my goal. And that's exactly how I want to connect to people is through that vibrational energy. Like, oh, we're on the same wavelength. We need to talk. We're clearly you know, heading in the same direction, have some same missions. And I, and I love that. And I appreciate it. Now, something that you were sharing with me, and this is also hearts. This is something we shared in the last podcast is John created 12 more And so that was a big piece. So if you're interested in hearing more about his recovery story, head back to episode 25 and 
listen because, oh my gosh, what a powerful conversation. But in this episode, I want you to share that title that you have given yourself as unemployable. What is that about? Well, I used to work for corporate America. I started off out in Indiana sweeping floors in a department store chain that had 60 some stores and then it grew like crazy and I grew with it. I ended up a couple years later out in Boston in charge of half a billion dollars worth of merchandise. The kid from Indiana with the corduroy suit with the elbows patches, you know, um, Anyway, and I'm out there saying, you know, how did I get here? It was just odd, you know, because I'm in the world of Versace or whatever mm -hmm. from Indiana. I'd never been to college or anything. So, yeah. but, you know, I'm around all these Harvard and BC and, you know, all those kind of guys. So, but, you know, it was cool. And then I, I worked my way up the corporate ladder and I finally was getting a, a maximum raise and, my boss was a VP and I had actually pushed him up the ladder and he took me with him. And I was getting a maximum raise. The guy loved my work and everything. But I told him what I was looking for, what I wanted to create inside the company. And right in the middle of my maximum raise, he said, I'll give you 30 days to find a new job. Oh, right. Wow. And that went, what he, what he was doing was, um, we don't have what you want. I hear what you're looking for, John, and it's not here. And I know you can't do this on your own, so I'm just going to terminate you, right? Wow. Um, it was, but it wasn't a bad thing. Yeah. You know, it really wasn't. It was out of love, and and like I was like, okay, got it. You know, and 30 days later, I, I walk out the door. But you know, and then I got into the world of entrepreneurship and people. You know, we grow up in this world called get a good education and go get a job and work your way up the ladder. Okay, and that's dead. It's just dead. I mean, now what we are is we're slaves to our debt from our education, you know? Oh, like, I could not agree more. <laughs> Go ahead. <laughs> well, student loans, student loans are the only loans that you can't declare bankruptcy on. When they passed that law, I said, you know, here comes the push for student loan. Anyway, you yeah. You got what I'm saying. I won't get all negative on it, but I'm negative I, on it. <laughs> I could dive right in with you. Oh my gosh. Yeah. I yep, I couldn't agree more. So anyway, you know, and then I went out and started working for myself and doing all these different things. But then all of this information started to come into my life. First, somebody gave me the book Think and Grow Rich. Yes. Never read that book before. They don't give it to you in school. And then and I read it over and over and over. And I was up at night with a lamp above my, you know, under the covers reading this friggin' book. And, and over and over, and my roommate came in and said, dude, you need to get some sleep. And I said, my body will sleep. I'm not, it'll, it'll put itself to sleep. But anyway, and then Seven Habits of Highly Effective People and, you know, Jim Rohn, Anthony, or Tony Robbins, like, all this information just started to come at me and this whole part of my brain and my life started to develop that would have never developed had I stayed working in a job. And now, now I'm like, like I told you, I'm unemployable. I can't have somebody tell me how much money I'm worth, when to go to the bathroom, when I need to be at my desk, leave my desk, at, you know, when I can have vacation, when I can go see my my grandkids, I'm like, that, I look at people with a job, and I, that occurs to me as prison. Everybody else, it occurs to them as freedom. Well, of course, prison is pretty secure, isn't it? Um, anyway, you, you get my point. I'm being a bit sarcastic. I have fun with it, but. Well, yeah, well, I would love to jump in there with you, because you, you, you're, you're laying down some really amazing points, mm -hmm. and Part of this podcast is to speak to people who may be in a job and hungry to get out. They have a calling that they can sense, or maybe they've been trying to ignore it and no longer can. But like Hearts Unleashed is has I have a deep commitment that this podcast unleash unleashes the hearts of people who are just dying to live out loud. And you spoke to so many points that I'd love to kind of like highlight or emphasize because first off, unemployable, like 
it hearts. If you're listening, you're like, oh yeah, that's me. And you're still trying to figure out how to sort that out. This is probably one of the episodes for you, I'm sure. But you know, you said something that when you were sharing with your boss, what you want and the, what you can envision and visualize and what you want to create. And he invited you out the door. Like normally, like very often we take that as a defeat or a loss. I lost my job, but it sounds more like that invitation or that push off the cliff into being yourself and, and unleashing your heart, accepting your greatness. And you don't seem that phased by it. Like it was more like, Oh yeah, of course that's the next step. But there's a lot of people out there who never even speak up. So I want to acknowledge the clarity that you have and the drive that you have. Is there anything you'd love to say to the listeners about when they just can really sense that they have a bigger thing, a bigger calling, a mission, a vision in their heart, and yet they're trying to like suffocate it because of the security. There's too many of us out there choosing the security of a job that we aren't that excited about or it doesn't serve our greater purpose because of the security. Is there anything you'd love to speak to from that angle? I think we know, like there's that inner knowing, ultimately you're not happy, you're not fulfilled, you don't have you know, you don't want to be there, right? If you don't want to be there and you can't create something there that'll make a difference, then that's not it. And I tell people like, you know, I have a promotion company and I hire people. Actually, I don't do that anymore, but I had one. And then the whole landmark education thing came along and stuff. And everybody that worked for me had to do the landmark form before they came to work for me. And I paid for it. And then, um, you know, I would cut back on their commissions until they got, they re recouped the company, but then I gave them that money as raise, mm. right? I tell people this, I don't know how long you and I are going to be on the same paths, how long our lives are going to be together and cross or whatever. All I want to do is contribute as much to you and your life as I possibly can while you're here. Mm. And my only interest is that you have an extraordinary life and anything that I can contribute. I'm, I'm giving you the best stuff I got right now. Yeah. Um, and, and, you know, and when you go, you go, I just, I hope that the work that I had was good cash, but it was not fulfilling. Right. Mm -hmm. And some people say, well, good cash would be fulfilling for me. And that's like, mm, not, you, you got to go down that road and discover that for yourself. You know, oh, I always tell people I can make a lot of money selling used cars. I just wouldn't be happy. Right. And there's just way too many people. And, you know, um, I don't want to take this down a dark road, but like how many millionaires or celebrities or anything like all of a sudden they take their life and, and everyone is confused and boggled and flabbergasted that like, oh my God, they seem to have it all. And yet we're not fulfilled or miserable right. or suffering silent. Right. So yeah. Thanks for speaking of that. Go ahead. It's not, you know, it's all about contribution. It's there's, you know, there was a shift in my life from making money to making a difference. Um, and so now whatever I do, I, I, I need to get paid for making a difference. Mm. You know, I mean, ultimately, when we talked about this on the last podcast, all I want people to say is, you know, they met John Cannon and my life changed. Mm -hmm. What else would you want people to say, right? Yeah. There's two things I want to highlight because the first one is from this Monday's 15 minute fill up episode. So on the Hearts Unleashed podcast, I have teamed up with Mighty Worthy and we are hosting a an event for the whole month of Thanksgiving, uh, excuse me, the whole month of November called Thanksgiving It Forward. And I was just speaking on Monday's episode about what you're talking about, this parallel path where you end up on the same journey as somebody and you pay it forward to them by contributing to their life. Like, so what if we don't end up on the same path forever? That's highly unlikely. And if we just look at the scope of life, but 
like ages, phases, and stages. And what you were speaking to makes my heart so happy because I get that you get it. And I want to like translate it for our listeners is that we can contribute to people's lives and not necessarily need anything back. That's the first thing. We can just literally stand for someone's greatness and demand they have their best life. And then there's the other side of the same coin where we use our natural innate gifts and intuition and like our own transformation to empower others and that it is 100% okay to charge for that because we like, I don't know about you, but in the healing world, in the coaching world, in the world of service, essentially, right? When we sell a service, most of us go through a stage where we have to be okay with accepting different rates or like increasing our rate or like you said, earning a commission off of supporting others. So speak to that because I think that there are a lot of creative people in the world who would use their creativity to make money if they thought it was okay to use their creativity to make money. What do you have to say about that? Well, we got loaded with a lot of bad information growing up as kids. Yes. You know, I mean, we just did. Because uh, the teachers, nobody taught us about entrepreneurship. Mm-hmm. It's just not taught in schools. We're being educated to get a job, yeah. you know, like a little cookie cutter thing. And now that education comes with a whole lot of debt. Mm-hmm. You know, and it's, it's, I posted on, on Facebook today. I don't know if I can find it or not. Anyway, I posted it because I was like, oh, man, that's just like so good. We're getting, you know, what's valuable now is specific skills, not a degree. Right. 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 So you you really need to take a look at the skills that you enjoy doing. I mean, some people love writing code for computers or something. Mm-hmm. I would go nuts doing that, right? Yeah. I'm like, I want to be around people. I want to w- be with people, be talking to people, you know, that type of a thing. I mean, it's just, and if I get loaned for too long, you know, sitting here doing what I'm doing, I can feel it. Yeah. I'm just very present to what my body and my heart it's, you know, it's, it's the universe talking to me all the time. Yeah. You're eating the wrong thing or you're not sleeping enough. Or you're not doing the right work. Or, you know, sometimes for me, it's like, oh, I need to go assist around the landmark program. I need to get that in. Right. Whatever it is. Did that answer your question? Yeah, it was perfect. And you pointed to something about the difference between a degree. Like I like to call it qualified, not certified. Now I'm all for a doctor passing the test. They need to be, to have to be a doctor. Right. But ultimately what this, you know, I'm, I could go on a whole tangent about the education system because I have a deep commitment to reform it, but I'm going to save that for another day, maybe a solo podcast. Cause I could fill the whole time with my stance on that. But the point of it being is I I'm really tired of people thinking that they need more schooling and more certifications and more pieces of paper to tell them they are good enough to get outside their damn comfort zone. And I'm so committed to this because what those like degrees say is I can withstand something for four years. It doesn't actually point to your skill set anymore. It just says that you can conform for so many years or you can fit into a program. And with that being said, it doesn't train us on what we are so innately gifted and great at. And so Hearts Unleashed is about people accepting that they are great and they've already got everything that they need to be a success if they were to just unleash it. And I was just listening to Katie Pasternak's podcast called Sexy Soul Radio. And she says something that you were just speaking to. There's three components to success. There's a need out there for what you're offering. You are actually skilled at doing it and you are irreplaceable you actually use your authentic greatness to be irreplaceable because in a sea of coaches, you're a coach, I'm a coach, but 
We are irreplicable to the people that we serve and the people that hear us speak, right? And so it is our duty to be ourselves. There's a course, there's a need in the world for coaches and are good and trained to do it. But then we have our skill sets to go out and do it and serve people that we're meant to serve. And so there's not exactly a degree out there that's going to do that, we must become the fullest versions of ourselves. So what say you? (laughs) Well, what soil are you going to plant your life into that's going to help that grow? And, you know, I'm sitting here listening to what you're saying. And, man, if you can find someone, someone like a boss, not a boss, but a, a mentor, not just a boss. I mean, if you're going to work for somebody, You want to be working for somebody that wants you to have an extraordinary life, not do this job for X amount of money. If you can find a motivated entrepreneur or a group of them and just get around them and listen, because they talk different than employees, they move different. Mm. They're accountable for way more than to get on work. You know, I'm accountable for all of it, right? And that creates some pressure and stuff like that. But, I, you know, I'd rather have that than a deadline on a job. But the whole thing is to get around a mentor that wants that for you, who has that skill set. You know, I firmly believe in network marketing. Like, get involved in the network marketing company because you're going to learn all of the skill set for being an entrepreneur there. Yeah. Right? And, you know, obviously – the landmark forum, mm-hmm. you know, I mean, I look at myself and while you were talking, my brain was like, what's my skill set? What's my experience? Okay. I'm 30 years sober. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, I have that skill set of staying clean and coaching and sponsoring people in recovery. I'm a senior, senior, senior landmark graduate, a transformational, you know, I've spent 20 years in the deep end of the swimming pool on transformational work, mm-hmm. you know, and, and, uh, and the other areas of my life, you know, my entrepreneurship or my network marketing experience. Mm-hmm. Like the thing that I think about is there's nobody on the planet who has the skill set that I have. Mm-hmm. When I was in paintball and I was in corporate side of paintball, I found this guy who was a pro paintball player, but he owned a technology company, mm-hmm. right? That did everything within technology from web hosting, web development. Like, And I went to the owner of the company. I was like, you need to do business with this guy mm-hmm. because you don't find a paintball expertise in a technology expertise, one side of the brain, one side, the other side of the brain, in the same human being. I've never seen that before. Yeah. Yeah. Like we need to contract with this guy. You need him under your wing because he's going to bring so much value. It's going to blow your mind. Yeah. Anyway. I think that's perfect because we all really do have something unique to deliver. And, you know, just to speak to the fact that a job, there's nothing actually wrong with it. If it's truly, really, especially it speaks to the landmark, um, you know, purposes. What is the most authentic expression of you. For some people, that looks like nine to five, you know, however it fits. Some people, it doesn't. Some people, it looks like parenthood is the fullest expression of them. It is endless and it is as unique as each person shows up. And so I think it's so wonderful to speak to that because it shows up as network marketing. For some people, it shows up as starting their own business. And I remember getting my start in network marketing. And it's so interesting because I tell this story in my book a lot. My evolution started with like teaching. I realized how much I love speaking and standing in front of a group. But even then I wanted those kids, like they didn't have to fit my mold. They didn't have to fit what was right for me. I wanted them to like evolve themselves. As a manager, I would hire people at the gym. It's exactly what you said. You don't have to want what I want for you. I want you to have your best life. If I hired some kid for part-time, I would want them to grow 
<laughs> I want them to move on. In network marketing, I want you to like discover what's great about you and evolve that. Like, so it really is to each their own what is an expression of them. And like we are these guiding lights along anybody else's path. And then there's people that show up for us, right? Like I can, right. I can name how many coaches or mentors or teachers were that guiding light for me where like a great example is taking on a full-time job, like teaching, right? At some point I said like teaching is not the structure that I am going to fulfill my fullest life in. Right. has nothing to do with teaching. It has to do with my evolution. Right. Well, you know, I can imagine the joy that, say, a kindergarten, first, second grade school teacher, you know, that's, that's just such a love for kids and, and watching that, you know, being able to contribute to the children at that point in time in their life, you know, because you're not going to discuss trigonometry with a seven-year-old, but, um, you know, just out of the love that they have to do that. I, there's got to be something maternal in all of that, that I'm not wired that way. But, um, you know, and at the same time, they have to do it inside of a, the school environment and the financial environment that is set up to not have them win financially in their life. And, it just, you know, it just, it breaks my heart. But, you know, they continue to do it, you know, God bless them and you know, some of them go out and start their own schools. You know? yeah. yeah. I can't do this anymore. So. Right. Yeah. It's, oh man, I could dive deep again, deep, deep, deep into the education realm. But, you know, I would love for you to educate us about your evolution. So tell us about your weight loss journey, because, you know, this is something that we wanted to speak about in the last podcast episode. And I would just love to jump bridges here because, I think the message that you have shared with me so far is something that I would love our listeners to hear about. Okay, great. First of all, I just want to caution everybody because I can sound very judgmental. Okay. Thank right? you. Thank you for so, the disclaimer. Yeah. And I'm not judging you. I'm judging myself, right? Mm -hmm. Well, I don't know where it even came from. It really doesn't matter. But, you know, I've been up and down on the scale 50, 100 pounds a few times, right? Wow. And there came a time when when um, I was working as a staff member for Landmark Education and, and I started my transformational journey and I started to gain weight. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I went up to way over 300 pounds and now, you know, and then I left Landmark and now I'm out on my own, you know, quote, transformational life coach. And you know, what Landmark says, you can have anything you want for yourself in your life out of, you know, your participation in Landmark education or, you know, transformational pursuit. And I said to myself, well, if that's true, how come there's so many fat people around here? And, but when I say that, I grew into a, what I didn't want, right? Mm -hmm. I grew into a, you know, fat, obese staff person. Mm -hmm. I put on more weight when I was on staff than probably any other time in my life. And, and I knew it was, you know, it's that thing that's inside of you saying, this is not it. Mm -hmm. And I really take my health very seriously now, right? My nutrition very seriously. I'm 62. All right. So, I mean, me and father time, we're duking it out. <laughs> what kind of skincare do I need to reduce the wrinkles? You know, I got to maintain muscle mass. What do I need to do? I'll do anything to maintain muscle mass, like mm -hmm. whatever it takes. I don't care. Yeah. Um, there just came a point with the weight of my obesity was just tearing me up. And I was isolating and going to the supermarket, buying food and, you know, home for the weekend by my, you know, it was, it was just bad. Yeah. Um, and it was like, you know, sugar, carb addiction, whatever it was, whatever it was, it was all man that, that un, happy was manifesting itself physically in my body, mm -hmm. right? And I do not believe that it's possible for people to be obese and be happy about being obese. Don't mm -hmm. buy it. Got Don't it. tell me that you're fat and happy. I'm sorry. I just, I do not buy it. Mm -hmm. I think it's inauthentic. Anybody in a heartbeat would trade in an obese body for a, 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 
a fit athletic one in a heartbeat. I just, I think that's true. Now, I'm sure there's that judgment thing, but right. you know, I even had somebody tell me that yesterday. They're like, John, like when I'm around you about that, I feel like you're a make wrong for me, right? And I'm like, yeah, I got it. Yeah, I got it. But my my thing is, when you look at health, you know, diabetes is the most expensive disease that we have. Yeah, and nobody goes around telling anybody they're a diabetic. They tell them they have cancer. Mm-hmm. but not diabetes, you know, 130 million people with diabetes in the United States, mm-hmm. and it's 100% reversible, mm-hmm. 100% type 2, right? Right. Not, not type 1, that's a different thing. But anyway, um, so I just, my body was breaking down, my ankles were swelled up, my feet were turning color, mm-hmm. my knees were a mess, you need dual, just all of it. My body was telling me you're in trouble. Mm-hmm. I was like a ambulance with the lights on and the siren blaring. Yeah, I would love to jump in here for just a second with you because, yeah. like, I I hear you. I hear you where you're pointing at the judgment or the make wrong, and it's you're, like it walks a fine line, and I get it. However, I also get like I hear exactly what you're speaking to because I I coach a lot of people, and in fact, sometimes people will hire me like, and one of their major goals is weight loss, right? But I never ever address the weight. I don't address the diet or the exercise. Like I'm not a personal trainer. I can be, I'm a gym. I was a gym coach. I have my degree in kinesiology. Like I could do that in a heartbeat. I could turn it on. But what we're, what there is to address is what you're pointing to about the unhappiness or the dissatisfaction. The, there sometimes very often is self-hate or image issues. So I hear you and I really want to create a listening of for our audience because I get where you're coming from and that it's a hot button in the world right now, the fat shaming or the body image, like body positive. I am all about body positive, like very much so. And I get that we have different, you know, as far as our biological makeup, but however, there's something that we aren't addressing and this actually speaks further back to our like deeper into our conversation with when people are millionaires, but all of a sudden they take their lives because they're suffering silently. I think that in the, in the world of weight and body image, there's a lot of silent suffering and I'm all about body positivity, but ultimately there's a time where people deal with what their body looks like, whether it's the comparison game or it's actual dealing with a health issue, like you were saying, diabetes, cancer, the, 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 the physical challenges that being overweight causes, lack of mobility, lack of circulation, your feet changing color, your heart rate, your natural blood pressure changing, the impact of that and the impact yeah. it has on your happiness. So I hear you loud and clear, and I really want to serve you in getting that message across because I don't hear judgment. I hear your deep commitment to people's happiness and that they can, you know, begin to speak about it. Go ahead. Right. Well, you know, it's again, it goes back to that still small, still little voice. You know, deep down inside that you're not happy. Yeah. Okay. You know it. I don't have to tell you. You go home, you're alone at night eating a piece of pizza, the cold pizza, the donut, or whatever it is, and you know that is not fulfilling whatever it is that is there for you to fulfill. And I can't make that bell ring. I can't be there and listen to what that voice is. And mine was screaming at me. Mm. And uh, ultimately, you know, like we talked about on the first podcast, you know, I just want to wake people up. People are asleep. Everything like we talked about around education and creating debt, people are asleep around that. They just do not get the ramifications of accumulating dollars, $50,000, $200,000 worth of education debt and the impact that that's going to have on them forever. There's people now on Social Security, and their Social Security is getting doctor, whatever that word is, in order to pay off student debt from 40 years before. Yeah. Right. It, you're not going to run away from that. Yeah. 
know, yeah. their, their social security is going to get it eventually anyway. And then there is you know, ultimately, I, I, I said this, like, how could I say this where people would get it? You know, people's nutritional houses are on fire mm. and they're asleep. Mm-hmm. And people are afraid to go knock on the front door because they'll wake them up and they'll be pissed at them for waking them up. So they just let them sleep. Mm. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And I'm like, well, I'm not that guy anymore. I'm not that guy. I'll throw crap through your front window, but I'm going to wake you up. What woke you up? Well, that inner knowing. And then, you know, a couple things happened when I was in the landmark forum and the guy got up at the microphone and said, I want to lose 50 pounds, but I love fried food. You know, in Landmark Forum Leaders, there's only 54 of these people in the world, and they they are extraordinary coaches, like second to none. Oh, my gosh. And I was like, okay, Landmark Forum Leader, answer that question, right? And the Landmark Forum Leader said something to him that changed my, my, my life. He said, what does you loving fried food have anything to do with you eating it? We think that they're connected. I like chocolate. Therefore, I'm supposed to eat chocolate. No, it doesn't. It means you like chocolate. Or I like pizza. Or I like pasta or whatever it is. So what? You know, again, I have the experience of addiction and staying clean and sober. And what I tell people is, you like pasta, right? Okay, I got it. I love cocaine. Yeah. I love cocaine. And it kills me. Right. So I don't do it. It doesn't matter whether I like it or love it or not. If it's not good for me, don't do it. We just think because we're not eating chocolate that there's some area of life that we're not going to experience or be fulfilled, you know, in our wanting to have it all. And it's just such bullshit. But I don't don't know if that lands for the audience or not. That's something you really got to get. Yeah. Oh, but like, yes. And it translates everywhere. You took that addiction to food to the addiction to substance. Like I'll take it to the addiction to sex. You can love sex. That doesn't mean you have to do it. And it also doesn't mean it's a healthy habit, right? It can. I'm big on life in moderation because you can enjoy chocolate. You can enjoy sex. You can enjoy substance, but like, and it really, you can, you're allowed to, and there are legalities to that. Right. But ultimately too much of anything will kill you. There's that piece. But I love what you said and how clear it is that just because you love something does not mean you have to intake it, that ingest it. You know, it, it's, it's kind of the, like, what's that like schoolyard chant is like, well, if you love it, why don't you marry it? Like, <laughs> Are you going to marry everything you think you love? Because you're going to find yourself in debt and broke and unhealthy and like, right. Ugh, ugh. <laughs> I, yeah. You know, we don't want to get all morbid or anything, but uh, you know, obviously it's, it's listening and you know, over time, you know, it's like, Oh, I thought it meant that it didn't mean that. Right. I was, yeah. I remember when I first got clean and sober and, like the universe, God, whatever you want to call it, whatever works for you, started to talk to me. It was really, really clear about what I'll say he, right, what he wanted. Like initially, you know, he knocked me out of a chair, knocked me unconscious um, in a treatment center. And so that's when I got clean. But God works in my life through coincidences, There's no way, I mean, but I'm not talking about, I'm talking about friggin' miracles. Like, you know, these things should not ever have lined up or occurred and they did, right? Mm -hmm. And and I just remember I used to listen to that communication and then my ego would get in the way or whatever that was. And I remember I used to pray and I I said, God, let your will be done. However, you need to make it real clear for me. (laughs) <laughs> right in the, the the old days the old days <sighs> newspapers used to be tiny little dots and if you got your finger up your face really close to the newspaper all it was was dots mm. you couldn't see the big picture 
Yeah. And when I first got clean, that's what I felt like. Like life was just this big billboard and I had my nose pressed up against it and I couldn't see it. There yeah. it is right in front of me, but I, I couldn't see it. And I would, you know, and I'd have to have people in my life saying, hey, you know, what does this say? Because <laughs> they had some perspective on it. Yes. You know, and uh, again, I don't know if that translates. It's very experiential for me. I mean, I was there, but, you know, it was, and it's always about, you know, I just kind of like surrendered. Here's the deal, John. You're here to make a contribution to the planet. You work that out. He yeah. lets me work that out, right? You know, I, I just, in my addiction and stuff like that, I was such a manipulator and slimy and, you know, ugh. Yeah. but that's where I came from. Anyway. Well, you know, speak like you. it speaks to your addiction it speaks to the breakdown with food. When I'm working with a client, I like to refer to it as being caught in the weeds. You cannot see the prairie if the weeds are taller than your head, right? So you can't see the forest from the trees. That's probably a more common one is from standing in the middle of the forest, you don't realize you're in the forest, but if you were pulled out and risen up by a helicopter, you could actually see the forest. You could see where you were standing. You could see how far it was to the barriers and the boundaries of that forest. So like that bigger picture. And when we get caught in an addiction, when we get caught in an eating habit or a relationship, maybe an abusive relationship or even a job that we just don't like, right? And we get so caught in the circumstance that we lose all of our calibrating or like we lose all touch with the whole picture. So I love one of my favorite things to do with people, especially um, when I'm coaching like 50 or 60 year olds and they are say, like talking about the end of their life or like being me. I'm like, if okay, it is 2018. The projected age, like living longevity is like 90 and 100, which means you have 40 and 50 years left. That for, is, go ahead. For the people that take care of themselves. Yes, of course. For everybody else, their life expectancy is shorter than, my life expectancy as a baby boomer is shorter than my parents. Right. It's the first time in history that it's happened. Yeah. And it's happened because we're eating what we're eating. You yeah. know what I mean? All the processed stuff. So oh, for sure. You can, my dad was 92 years old. You know, he just died a short time ago. Never had any health problems. So mm -hmm. my mom, pretty much the same thing. So, I mean, that is like the future that I, I judge myself on. Like, well, if I reach 100 and some years old and I'm healthy right up to the end, then I win, right? <laughs> anyway. <laughs> we always got to win the game we're playing, right? <laughs> yeah, exactly. But it's just different when you're 62 than when you're 32. It's yeah. different. You know, it's like playing golf. You're not playing the front nine anymore. You're just not. And it's not a bad thing. Yeah. It's part of the deal. Yeah. Life is terminal. Yeah. That's yeah. the thing. So while we're here, what are we here to do? And like you and I both know. Yeah. I don't know. <laughs> Be willing to not know anymore. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And then what is it that you can contribute instead of take, take, take? Yeah. What can you contribute that will make a difference in people's lives? And, you know, I've, I've never been one on long-term relationships. I'm like, I'll just get some more friends. I don't care if, you, you know, whatever. And, you know, I'm looking at it now and I look at the successful, extraordinary people. I mean, financially, it's their relationships, mm -hmm. it's not their job. Oh, yeah. And if that's part of the game that you're playing is bank account, you know what I mean? Yeah. It's tough to find a rich hermit. Yeah, uh, that's for darn sure. In fact, a landmark leader in L.A. is who I heard this from, and it changed the course of my life. And she said, 100% of the quality of your life is directly related to the quality of your relationships. I have never heard a more true statement because you've never met a rich hermit. That is darn right. You can't hide out. Like it doesn't matter how well, you know, the stock market or whatever your shtick is to make that money 
collaborating and cooperating with the world and with others and getting that we are better together. Quality of your life lies in the quality of your relationships. I couldn't agree more. Yeah, well, that's the same thing with your health, right? Look at the people that you have around you. You know, and I, I see people that are trying to transform their weight, physical, whatever. I don't even know the right words. Yet they, you know, they hang around a bunch of fat people. It ain't going to work. Your environment will drag you down. I had a landmark forum leader talk about, remember that show where they went in and redid a whole house in the neighborhood and the neighborhood yeah. was behind a truck? Yeah, the makeover. The house was behind a truck and they sent them on vacation and they came back in five days. They had brand new houses and everybody went, Ugh. So anyway. There was one of those happened by his house and he took his, like, let's go look at it, right? So they drove over there and they were finishing it and the neighborhood was packed. They had cones up, they had police officers out there. Everybody was creeping along. Everybody wanted to see this beautiful home in this not so beautiful neighborhood. So, you know, they went over there and then they drove past it really slow and it was just gorgeous. But the neighborhood, not so much, right? So then about six months or a year later, he looked at his wife and said, let's go back and look at that house. And they drove back to look at the house, no traffic, no nothing. They drove right up to it, no problem, right? And then they sat there for a minute and they looked and there was like, wow, there's weeds in the yard. The yard needs to be mowed. The shutters are a little bit off. You know, there's a couple shingles missing and stuff like that. And what was happening was the neighborhood was taking the house back. What mm-hmm. that the neighborhood was going to grow or the house was going to grow and alter the neighborhood. The neighborhood was too big. Yeah. I remember I got clean and sober living in the hood in Boston, in Brockton, Massachusetts, which is not a place to get clean. It's, you know, it's the hood. So anyway, I'm living in the second floor apartment and I'm doing my entrepreneurial thing. My, my roommate worked for the city of Brockton. He emptied trash, right? And my whole life was hanging out with recovering addicts. And I, I loved that. That's all I needed for that time. But there was that point when I started to grow, you know, and everything just started to alter my life. All this information started to come in, you know, just all that stuff. And then here I am, you know, and I want my friends to go with me, go with me. Let's get out of here. Let's go live this life and travel the planet. And they wouldn't go. They just wouldn't go. And, and then I'm getting a new car and you know, all this stuff is happening. And I had to leave the neighborhood. It was not big enough to hold me anymore. Yeah. And I love those. I love them all. Yeah. Right? They're, they're like family to me, but they don't get whatever that thing is that's inside of me, that song that needs to be sung. Yes. They don't get that. So nothing wrong with not getting that, I guess. I just, who's going to go with you on the journey, right? It's like a, a spouse. I can't, you know, I'm single. I've been single for a long time. I'm actually interviewing for a power couple position. I have one open, right? (laughs) And it's like that. It used to be marriage. What can I get from you? What can you, what do you, you know, whatever that stuff is that we call love instead of what can I contribute to my spouse to have them grow and blossom and become whatever that is they're supposed to be on the planet, number one. Number two, standing here in our marriage, looking into the future, because I tell people being married is not a big enough game to play. <laughs> it's a small game in the big world of things. And people are like, no, it's the biggest thing ever. I'm like, well, maybe not, right? Mm-hmm. And what I tell people, and we do it in Landmark, like in the advanced course, right? Um, when I'm talking to people about doing an advanced course in, with their spouse in Landmark, it's like standing here in our marriage what and looking into the future, what do we need to create our marriage to be as a contribution to the planet? Mm. That's a game. That's a big one. Yeah. No, rather than what are we going to get for one another or give or whatever? You know, who do we need to become together? Mm-hmm. Right? Yeah. You know, well, I I definitely want to like speak to that because first off, 
you really explain the evolution of humanity because obviously marriage, it is an agreement between two people to love and cherish each other forever, rich or poor, sick or health, all the things. So you've agreed to go on that path together, right? So in order to powerfully set that up and grow together, it's an intentional choice, which, you know, the most successful marriages always are saying that you choose each other every single day. It's not like you did one day and then the rest of it worked out. You create that constantly. And I want to go a little bit further back in what you were saying, because I think I want everyone in the world to hear that it is okay to grow. Because what you were saying about the house being taken back over by the neighborhood, what you were saying about having to step outside of the environment of recovering addicts, what people have to do to stop like overeating when their friends make it okay, like staying at a job you're not happy with because everyone, it's, everyone else is miserable there. So I guess this is like just the way that it is. You are allowed to outgrow your circumstance. In fact, it's almost expected. It's not been normalized yet, but I have a very strong commitment to normalize the growth and evolution of a human. Here's the biggest thing I want people to hear, though, because we make ourselves wrong for walking away from relationships, from walking away from our hometown, from walking away from a job, even a marriage, right? Because sometimes we outgrow that relationship and we hang on for dear life and it holds us back and not in a negative way. what's, What's negative is when we refuse to grow being authentic and saying, you know, this has reached its end. It served its purpose in our lives and it's time to take the next step. You don't have to like cut those people out forever and ever. Amen. You can love them from where you're at and they can love you from where they're at. However, your song that must be sung probably needs a higher mountain peak to be heard from. Yep, exactly. And you just touched on something for me, you know, again, this whole weight, fat, thing whatever yeah i mean here what we do is in our teens and 20s what we do is we create this person that will attract what it is that we want and then what happens is then we get married and we stop doing that the stuff that would attract right and the thing is it's not over there with them it's me knowing that in a world of integrity I'm not doing for myself what I need to be doing to make me a wonderful self that I can now share with you, mm-hmm. right? So we let ourselves go. And, you know, I heard somebody on an, an audio the other day, and this guy was like really, really straight. I mean, this guy was blunt. I'm like, I really wish I could talk like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, I can't be that straight. But he was like, look, if you're 150 pounds overweight, your love life sucks, Right. Uh-huh. You don't have one. Right. right. Why is that? Because you don't like yourself. And then, you know, I was thinking, again, looking back, I thought of an, another wedding vow, right? Something that we could add in, mm-hmm. you know, and it's like, I promised with the traditional ones, right? I promised to love, honor, and cherish and never let myself go. Yeah. 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 That's yeah. kind of hot, really. Yeah. I'm going I'm to continue to be the best me for you. Yes. Right. right. Well, and when we are searching for that validation outside of us, right? Like you said, you're 20 you're something and you're working out, you're looking good, you're, everything's right and tight. And then when we become complacent, we're like, ah, oh, oh, I can relax now. Like I can unbuckle my belt. Like, you know, it's all the the external validation. And like you said, if you're, if you're 150 pounds overweight and your love life sucks and it's like th- these things are happening, it's about making it to a point. We all have it that happiness is at some type of destination. And then when we reach this illusion of a destination, we relax and we let go. And we don't let go, we we let go of some dreams. Maybe that might call us into a higher level of being. We let go of the work it takes to maintain a healthy lifestyle, a healthy sound mind, because this is all a conversation about the mental state as well, right? So physical body, a mental state, 
we let go because those things seem like they're hard work and we don't want to work. We want to get comfortable and we want our predictable day in and day out. And that's why it's so easy to get up and go to the nine to five and show up and be told what to do and not have to like exert that extra effort of creating our life. And be so, responsible, yeah. Right. Oh, that's really the baseline conversation is responsibility. It's way easier to plug into someone else's system and then relax and let yep. go. Yep. Let somebody else be accountable for your life. Yeah. Ultimately, what it is when you dig down and you're talking to people, you know, in Landmark, they talk about rackets and stuff like that. I mean, ultimately, you don't you don't want to be responsible for your life. You mm-hmm. don't want to be responsible for your financial situation. You don't want to be responsible for relationships, you know, and until you can stand there and say, Hey, I'm a hundred percent accountable for all of it. Mm -hmm. You don't have to do anything. Right. I'm accountable for my own happiness. I don't need anything. If you can't let it go, then you can't be with it because you're always afraid that it's going to leave. Mm-hmm. Right? Does that make sense? Oh yeah, it's it does. And the to to translate in case it doesn't, because I hear you. I hear you loud and clear. And you know, accepting responsibility for the quality of your life can occur as very confronting. And I think that's so much why we avoid it. Right? Like we don't want to take responsibility because what if we fail? Or If we succeed, we take on this like weight of it. We make it mean all sorts of stuff. And like what you were saying about rackets is we have it set up in a certain way in our head that this is what it would look like to be responsible for our lives. Like it's going to require work. It's going to require integrity. It's going to require us being our word and maintaining our word. So like, I think this is the most easily and quickly relatable to entrepreneurship, right? When we say we want this life, we have to be responsible for creating it. No one owes us anything. No one else is going to do that for us. So we are the ones to start showing up. How much value can we bring? Right. It's about that. I remember Jim Rohn used to say, you know, because we have all these reasons. I'm a single mom. There's a good one. Mm-hmm. You can blame it on your kids. And mm-hmm. I got all the respect and love for single moms. Mm. Uh, don't make your kids the reason why you didn't live your dreams, right? Yeah. And you can figure it out. Like Jim Rohn says, you're not a tree. We're just not. So yeah, you know, there's a whole world there. Oh my gosh, yeah. And you know what? I'd love to begin to wrap it up with that point specifically because I literally was just in Tennessee this weekend in a room full of women entrepreneurs. So by nature, at least 50% of them are mothers, right? And the woman on stage, Christy Wright, who is incredible. It was a business boutique event. And she's a mom of two boys, two young boys, I think under five and they are adorable. But she was standing there saying, enough, knock it off with that being your excuse like be where you are, be committed to what you're committed to, and you can create your life. You can create your business and your motherhood. Being someone who's not a mom, but very passionate about everyone having their best life. Like I really want to wrap this up with the fact that none of this is a make wrong. I hope this conversation triggered a lot of people listening because what you said there's a commitment to waking people up that you can have the life you want and it is 100% up to you to create it. You can enroll the help of other people. You can get coaches. You can level up. You can associate with people who are doing what you want to be doing. You can join a support group for the type of people that like the breakthrough you want to have. There are so many resources and options available. And like, I think this, a podcast is one of the greatest ones. It's free. You can literally tune into your phone and listen to just about any topic podcast for free. You can go to support groups. Oh my gosh, I'm going to go on a tangent. But the point is, (laughs) sorry, the point is the life you want is on the other side of asking for and allowing it to happen. And we have way too many excuses lined up in our way that we don't think it's possible. And it has nothing to do with what that life looks like because to each their own. But 
you can have it. Right. Give up the excuses. You can have it. Well, I think really what there is to do is to examine all the reasons and excuses why you don't have what you want. Yeah. Yeah. Write them down. Give me a list. Somebody Mm -hmm. call me. Give me a list of all the reasons why you don't have what you want in your life. Let's look there. And what you'll get present to is they're just made up. Oh, yeah. That's so much of the work that I do with people. I'm using like single moms and stuff like that. And you know what? What? Um. Our company did was at this, and we're a brand new company, and you know we're we're we are transforming, we're elevating entrepreneurship, right? Mm-hmm. Our industry is broken, mm-hmm. and we're creating a whole new paradigm. And one of the things that they they uh, somebody went to the CEO with this idea, and that's the idea is, and you'll get it when I say it, elevate pink. And this lady was up there talking about women, their power and what they're capable of and stuff like that. And the loudest thing that there was the whole conference was when she said, can I, ladies, can I get a whoop whoop for that? (laughs) Whoa, you know, it echoed through this huge conference place because they all got connected to whatever that was. Right. Yeah, Uh, it was really, it was really cool. Like, 80%, 80%, and I think it's higher than that, 90% of the people in my company are women. Right? Yeah, right. And, and go, go ahead. What is your company? Can you share that with us? Well, it's, it's, it's um, the name of it's Elepreneur is the corporate side. Elevosity is the product side. You know, we have, it's, you know, some nutritional stuff, some things for, um, um, releasing the um, chemicals in the brain because we are so deprived of dopamine, oxytocin, serotonin, and endorphins. All those hormones, because of our nutrition and our lack of exercise, our brains are flat, right? Mm. Anyway, so I had a cup of this coffee and my brain lit up and I was like, I was all in from one cup of coffee, but because I know that people want that, right? It's that thing that you were talking about. Mm-hmm. Find that thing that's wanted and needed and go do that. Mm-hmm. And then behind it, like the philosophy of the soil that it's growing in mm-hmm. is to be a contribution to people. Mm-hmm. Nobody ever talked about making money. Mm-hmm. Wasn't even part of the conversation. Mm-hmm. Is money getting made in the room? Extraordinarily, right? Yeah. Um, and, you know, people are on their own path for that stuff. But, yeah, my uh, – um, it's yeah, it's Elevosity is the product line, and Elepreneur is the corporate side of things. So very cool. And so, if people are more interested, or they would love to work with you, and you know, whether it be in the transformational coaching side or in your network marketing and following you and being mentored by you, where are they, where can they reach you? Where can they follow you? Um, well, my it's John Canada on Facebook, J O H N. C-A-N-I-D-A. It looks like Canada, but it's pronounced like the country. Okay. And I'll just give my phone number. My phone number is 623-217-6777. Perfect. Right? 623-217-6777. And you know, <laughs> call me. Let's let's talk. And and you know, if you're not sure, call me. Let's see what opens up. And we can get pretty clear on that pretty pretty quickly on on whether we should be on the same path for a while or not. Yes, I love it. On the same path for a while. And you know what, John, it has been an amazing adventure to be on the same path for you. Two episodes. I have to admit, you're the very first podcaster with two Hearts Unleashed episodes, besides myself, of course. But I just want to thank you. It's been a pleasure walking this parallel path with you. It has been a pleasure bringing your brilliance to this world. Thanks for bringing an honest, authentic, real conversation. You were very vulnerable. And you know what? I I, want to speak to the listeners, like what you heard today, what, if it triggered you, if it accelerated your heart rate, you know, I get that, like, John, just thank you for bringing it because you put yourself at risk. You put yourself at odds by stepping out boldly and saying some words and sharing some perspectives that could ultimately offend, right? Like if we're not ready to hear it. However, 
what I get for you listeners, what I get for John is that we are here to continue to contribute to your greatest life. We are a stand for what's beyond what's in your way. And we are constantly calling you past the barriers that you have for yourself. And so, John, thank you for putting yourself at risk, for putting yourself out there and being really, really a contribution. I appreciate you. Well, I I appreciate that, too. And I I just want to put in one other thing. You know, I mean, we've been on the podcast for over an hour, but um, if if you're still listening... Yes. If you're still listening, there's a reason for that. Don't ignore whatever that is that has you tuned in for this period of time, because there's something that we're supposed to share together. Uh, and all I'm saying is go after whatever that thing is. Don't ignore it. Yeah, that is an amazing acknowledgement. I want to acknowledge you listeners, John, I want to acknowledge you for this conversation and arriving to a new place at the end. And, you know, maybe discovering something new that there is to take on in our lives. So thank you. Exactly. And you're awesome. You, you listen, you pick up on things, and you translate it into your listeners point of view. And that's really cool because you're listening for how it's all occurring to people who are watching the podcast. And that's a friggin' gift. People don't uh, do that. Thank you. Right? I, I'm learning to, you know, that's it's thank you. Thank you. I'm just going to take the compliment. It means a lot. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> and I love you hearts unleashed. Thank you for being here. Thank you for being the amazing gift that you are. And the invitation is always to turn that dreaming into doing. So take today's conversation and take it into your life and shift from dreaming to doing. Today's Hearts Unleashed podcast is brought to you by Palmsy, a super comfy sock company committed to sharing your message straight from your heart, right through the bottom of your feet. Your host, Abigail Gazda and Palmsy have joined forces to bring you the Hearts Unleashed collection filled with inspiring socks and mugs. Sip your inspiration out of the new mug and come cozy up with us as you tune in to the Hearts Unleashed podcast. You can also give the gift of motivation to your loved ones by grabbing their next new favorite pair of socks at Palmsy on Etsy. Thank you for joining us on this journey where we are achieving our dreams one step at a time. Thanks for tuning in to the Hearts Unleashed podcast. We hope you found all the inspiration that you needed today and that you use it to take the next inspired action on your dreams. If you loved the show, share it with a friend. We love spreading the love. For more information, to listen to more episodes, or to shop Hearts Unleashed, head over to heartsunleashed.com. See you next time, hearts.